Here they come, your Camarda wealth leaders, slashing taxes, dominating risks, relentlessly pursuing profits, protecting your assets, and keeping you in stitches while leading to greater riches. Your Camarda wealth leaders with Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, Rob Boomboos Shevlin, also known as a financial anesthesiologist, you'll see why, and me, Jeff, I want to be a Dr. Camarda. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER, Camarda Wealth Education Radio. Let's face it, wealth matters to living a longer, better life for you and your family. Our goal is to painlessly educate you with uncommonly shrewd advice to help grow and protect your wealth. And while we aim to keep you laughing all the way to the bank, never imagine we're not dead serious about money. Welcome back, my friends, to WER Camarda Wealth Education Radio. We're here with uh, Jeff. I want to be a Dr. Camarda. Rob Bull Moose Hello. And of course, hello, Bull Moose. And of course, uh, Johnny, I want to. Uh, Donnie Hotstocks Camarda. How are you, Johnny? I can't can't hear you, Johnny. I can't get loose from behind the moose. Folks, we have a uh, very important um, informative show for you today about some real uh, exciting financial topics. Uh, We're going to be talking about the mysteries of wills, trusts, and estate planning basics. Uh, Talk about uh, some real uh, practical advice on how to save money on your property taxes. A lot of people don't realize the tremendous opportunity there are to to really cut dramatically um, the real estate taxes. Uh, our portfolio of the week, of course, the stock of the week, the Howler, which is uh, the stock that we hate the most, that you might want to reconsider if you own it. And then, of course, uh, the ever-popular market update with cousin Arnold Camarda. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Rob, uh, this is one of your favorite topics, estate planning, wills and trusts. So it probably would be a good idea to frame things. We'll come back to the more detail. But what is a trust? A trust is, is, a, is a document that spells out how an individual or a couple wish to have their assets distributed after one or both of them have passed in its simplest state. Yeah, so it's, it's, it, it, and it's a, uh, um, primarily a distributive document or a uh, con- conservatory kind of uh, device. But I look at a trust as it's kind of a bucket. It's, a, it's a, an entity... Not like a company, but it's but kind of. It's an entity that's designed to hold assets and manage or dispose or use the assets in a specific way that's defined in a trust document. You know, so it's kind of like an alter ego, um, and uh, um, there are different kinds of trusts. But 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 would you say that's that's a good way for folks to look at it? Sure, sure. Uh, you know, it, it and having had some experience with. Uh, Death in the family recently, I can appreciate even more what happens when your members of your family don't utilize a trust and think that everything is okay if they just use a will or don't use anything. <clears throat> Try to speak up a little bit, Rob. I've had some complaints about uh, your uh, your voice sounding like it's deep in the forest. You know, I know that the moose mares are out there frolicking this time of year, but try to stay with us for a little uh, bit. I'll try okay. to come to the forefront. No meek moose. Hey, is that a is that a moose like pun you got there going around? I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, another way, in the simplest, you know, a very simple form, because we suggest that clients have living trust, and we'll talk about the nuance of that in a little bit all the time. But it's like a bucket to put your assets in. Um, the the person that puts the assets in, the grantor, is the, the probably the most common term, um, the, has complete control. They can take them out. It's their property. It's really, you know, they haven't given anything up. 
and it really just defines what will happen, how the assets will be managed, if they're not able to do it anymore, if they become incompetent, have cognitive issues and so forth, and then what happens later on when they're gone. It kind of acts as a will substitute. That's correct. And, and But the best thing is it avoids the probate process. And probate, that, that's really a key point uh, that we'll, uh, we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so before we do, um, there are three basic parties to a trust. And folks, again, this is just the, you know, the fundamentals. It can, and, and occasionally, not often, but occasionally should get a lot more complicated than this depending on the planning needs that need to be addressed. But there are three basic parties to a trust. And Rob, those are? Well, the person who puts the money into the trust, the funds is called the grantor. Then there's the all-important beneficiary. That's the, that's the uh, uh, person or persons who are going to receive uh, assets distributed from the trust. Or they benefit from the trust. It's it's there for their benefit. And then the third one is the trustee. And the trustee is the person who gets to make decisions about what happens within the trust. And actually manage the assets in a trust or, you know, or operate the trust according to the terms of the trust agreement, yes? Yes. Okay, so, and is it possible for all three of these people to be the same individual? Oshevlin, you? Uh, Yes, it can be. And actually it's pretty pretty, uh, commonly the case, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, particularly for people who are uh, single people. Right. So you if you that. set up a trust, a Shevlin, you know, revocable living trust, Rob Shevlin can be the grantor, the, the person who thumps the property in the trust. It can be for your benefit. You're the beneficiary and you're the trustee. You actually manage the property and do what the trust says. So is that really the same as just owning it outright if it's, uh, if it's revocable? Well, it's, it's very similar to owning it outright, but, the, but there are certain protections uh, that the trust will permit that you might not have necessarily if you owned it separately or individually. Such as? Um, oh, I'm running into a blank spot here. So you can't think of any right now. Well, there may be. I think you can bolt on some attributes like that that has, have asset protective and, oh, yeah. and, and, and trust protection and that kind. But just to keep you at a high level, because remember Rob's alter ego is the financial anesthesiologist. For those of you who are still awake, we're going to take it up a notch and get more of a global view. And I can't think of anybody better suited to give us the, the view from way up on high than Brother Johnny. So, Jonathan, I know that in your practice with clients, you frequently discuss estate planning issues and um, the, are asked to review trusts and to make trust suggestions or to refer out to uh, outside attorneys. So tell me, you know, how do you use... Uh, trust, or how do you discuss trust in, 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 in daily financial planning practice? Yeah, so generally uh, when trusts come up, uh, you know, it really all comes down to the control of how they uh, see their money actually being passed on to heirs, um, you know, kind of gauging the control they want uh, to kind of control heirs' decisions and or uh, relationships. And then also uh, talking to them about uh, the misnomer that trusts necessarily protect them, um, as we discussed uh, probably a few episodes ago, from litigious action and discussing the deeper levels of ownership of trust. So yeah. really just instruments of control and uh, litigious protection. And that, that's a really is a great point because you know a lot, a lot of people think that trusts by themselves give asset protection and in nearly every case, absent some, you know, some fairly esoteric devices like foreign or domestic asset protection trust, which got a lot of hair on himself, you know, a lot more hair than a moose has, actually. Um, the absent, uh, <laughs> he, shaved, he shaved today. Where is he that shaved, a, excuse me, you don't want to have, you don't want to have hair, you have a hide, is that right? 
<laughs> Come no, back, don't no. hide from me, Moose. No but absent some of these wax. esoteric vehicles, you know, your typical garden variety trust really is a paper tiger. There's no asset protection attributes to it whatsoever. It's primarily a distribution or a dispositive device. So let's make another, and we're running up against the, uh, the end of the first segment here, and we'll get more into this, folks, uh, later on uh, in the program. Uh, but the, uh, an important distinction should be made between living and testamentary trusts. So, Rob, do you think that, uh, um, that you can describe that to us and, you know, with a, a jolt of caffeine between each sentence? We'll try. With a, a living trust, <laughs> it means that the trust is in effect when you're alive and that you have transferred property into the trust. With a testamentary trust, the trust is provided for in a will. But in order for that to become into effect, you have to have passed away, and the, it goes through the you go through the probate process. Well, that can be very expensive and time-consuming, uh, challenging for your heirs. The living trust can avoid all. So that. listen, that's a great point. Let's do, you know um, that kind of define what probate is, and I, if you don't mind, uh, in a nutshell. If you're the assets that aren't already clearly going to somebody else when you die, like a beneficiary of a life insurance contract, or because your spouse is on the deed with a joint titling, you know, things that pass by contract or operational law, the technical terms, but there was already a clear path who's going to get it. The things that have to be resolved by a judge, a probate judge, are in the so called probate estates. And whatever you whatever you demise by your will, by definition, is a probate asset. The will I like to describe is like a letter to the judge about what your wishes are, and the judge's job really is to interpret your wishes and make sure they're legitimately yours. You know, so uh, will contests and all that other stuff. It's also an expensive and very public process, um, but a testamentary trust really is a trust. That's written in the will, right? That's and correct. And by definition, must be probated. Yes, and and if you're going to do all that, while some people think it might save them a few dollars on the front end, it will most likely cost them a lot more money if they have any level of assets at all. Good. We got a lot more coming up, folks. We got to, you know, at the, we're nearing the end of the first segment here. I just want to remind you, we are here to help you to better understand these issues: estate planning, asset protection, investments, insurance, what have you. We're your advocate. Um, we're available pretty much twenty four seven. If you call our number eight 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 Camarda, that's eight 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 C A M A R D A. Um, the most times, including showtime, there's an operator standing by and uh, can get you either on the show or a private consultation or just some free advice one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. We're very happy to help you out. Okay, so as uh, we're about to leap over the first break, stay with us. There's a lot, lot more exciting and useful stuff coming on up, uh, including some useful investment information and how to save a ton, maybe, on your property taxes. See you on the other end of the commercial, folks. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. This show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions, to request free white papers or other educational materials, or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matters, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down now, 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Charlie, Alpha, Mike, Alpha, Romeo, Delta, Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. 
You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antlered Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Leaders right here Saturdays at noon or Sundays at 2. This show is recorded, but if you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish, or want free reports, reviews, or other information, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call us now, folks. All right, folks, you are back with the Camarda Wealth Leaders. Ooh, there's that. Do you know what that bugle call is? Does anybody know, Rob? That sounds like a long voice from the past. That's uh, that's the mess call, but it's not time to eat yet, so try to keep your appetite at bay, if you don't mind. Keep your hands but, off the table. But you're back it's with uh, Jeff and uh, Jonathan Camarda and uh, the uh, esteemable, uh, and perhaps esteemed Rob Shevlin. And uh, continuing with the show, we're going to be talking uh, some more about uh, wills, trust, estate planning, and, and really how to put it together efficiently, simply, and, uh, and inexpensively so you get what you want um, estate planning-wise. We've also got some real, real good ideas on how to cut your property tax bill dramatically. Very little-known technique that has cut assessments on my properties by, by literally millions of dollars. Uh, so you want to stay tuned for that later on in the show. Uh, but right now, it's time for our investment focus, beginning with our Camarda Portfolio of the Week. As many of you know, um, uh, one of our primary uh, areas of practice is portfolio management for clients uh, across Florida, really across the Southeast. Uh, we run a number of proprietary portfolios uh, that we have developed uh, the, the discipline rules ourselves and, and manage uh, to those rules. And this one we're talking about this week, for the first time this year, I think, is called Strong Stock. Now, the Strong Stock name comes from the fact that we look for companies that are fundamentally, financially very, very strong, um, that uh, their business operations are sound, they're likely to be in business over the long term and continue to be profitable and be able to pay a, uh, a very attractive uh, dividend stream or income. So these are income stocks we look for from financially sound companies. And uh, the, the portfolio seeks high dividend income from strong, financially stable companies. Uh, we look for companies with a track record of increasing dividends as well as a favorable forecast for increasing future dividends. We also analyze to evaluate if dividend payout levels appear to be sustainable over the long term without compromising the financial stability of the company or the market value of the stock and conduct any other tests before ranking the remaining candidates by dividend yield. Uh, in the end, our objective is a portfolio of high-quality, high-dividend income stocks that have durable and increasing value. And this has really done quite well over the past year or so that Jonathan will expand on a little bit. Uh, but we developed this a couple of years ago, seeing um, the, the end of the, uh, um, the, the interest rate uh, the, the driven um, bull market and bonds, and the fact that you really clients uh, and investors couldn't make very much money in bonds, which still continues to be the case today. So not only are yields very low, but also the threat of capital losses and losing money on bonds when interest rates goes up is pretty profound. So we built this portfolio kind of as a bond substitute. Their equities, their stocks, their risk profiles a little bit different. I don't think much different, though, than where bonds are at this point in the interest rate cycle. But we built a portfolio uh, for retirees and other people that need fairly high levels of income to sustain their retirement or for other purposes um, that uh, should, we think, we think, do better 
um, income-wise and capital uh, um, value-wise than, than bonds. So, Jonathan, you have a couple of comments on strong stock before we get into the specific stock of the week, which happens to be a strong stock. Uh, but I know that you use strong stock quite a bit with your clients. Do you have any comments? Yeah, no, so I think to uh, kind of uh, segue from what Speak you were saying. Speak up and faster, please, Johnny. Faster and uh, louder. Um, yes, uh, yeah, no, it's been a great bond surrogate kind of strategy. It gives the uh, clients that type of yield. While it's still interest rate sensitive, certainly not as interest rate sensitive as uh, bonds. Uh, from my experience, and certainly bond funds, if you happen to be investing. And, and this has really done quite well. I mean, capital appreciation really is a secondary goal of this portfolio, but market conditions really have converged to make this one of our most profitable portfolios over the past couple of years, which is really astounding. I have a lot of clients that are, that are happy with it. So the, the stock that we're focusing on this week is a strong stock, Sun Communities. And Sun Communities is a real estate services company uh, that's in the business of uh, buying, operating, developing, and expanding manufactured housing communities. Now, I read that as trailer parks, uh, but trailer parks can really be a pretty profitable, you know, little business, right, Rob? Absolutely, and there are. You might even be surprised that there's some very high-end uh, uh, parks in areas in, like in that a, RV, you know, park that you you're looking at developing with a family office, right? But 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 I, I remember when I was a graduate student, first time I heard about very high-end manufactured and mobile homes out in Arizona, out in parts of California, that were going for several hundred thousands of dollars. One of the things that I can tell you, having been around real estate for a while, is that... In fact, your MBA from, uh, from uh, Warrington and the University of Florida is in real estate, right? Absolutely. Is that, you know... Manufactured housing, mobile home communities are great cash flow investments, so I'm very favorable to those type of uh, opportunities. Right. So Sun, and, and Jonathan will give us a technical analysis at the moment, but Sun operates uh, really two segments, the real property operations, home sales and rentals. The real property operation, the own, operate, and develops manufactured housing in RV communities concentrated in the Midwest, Southern, and Southeastern United States, and they're in the business of acquiring, operating, and expanding manufactured housing in RV communities. The home sales and rentals offers manufactured home sales and leasing services to tenants and prospective tenants of its communities. So that would be more of the traditional um, the mobile home park uh, kind of community uh, that most of us are familiar with. So uh, without further ado, Jonathan, I know that you are quite hot on Sun um, as uh, from a technical standpoint, being a resident charted market technician, which, by the way, folks, is the technical or chartist equivalent um, of the, uh, the charted financial analyst, which is a credential I hold, which is really a number crunching bean counter. Let's see how much money this dog's making kind of perspective. And I'm very excited that Jonathan has just begun his CFA uh, studies. Uh, usually that's a three-year quest, three successive exams, uh, annual exams, all day. Last time I looked, there were pass rates like 50%. So I'm very interested to see how schizophrenic he will become as he matriculates through the CFA program. But now, from with an eye toward the technicals, Johnny, what do you think about Sun? Yeah, can we uh, cue the giggle, uh, Gilligan's Island music behind there? My three, uh, three-year tour there. Yeah, so Sun Community is good fun. Good pun with the hot there. Um, actually, uh, had an inverse head and shoulders, folks. And what that generally means is when a uh, stock drops to a certain level, uh, finds a support level, which means a price that it doesn't drop below, and there's institutional support of buying. It did so in late 13 and into early 14. And basically, after dropping below its 50-day moving average, which is the average closing price over the last 50 days, as it says, 
It bursted. <coughs> pardon me. Bursted. Bursted in April. Great balls April, of fire. April into May. No pun intended. This sun got hotter, uh, regardless of the hemisphere, and uh, really started to fly. And then after leveling off just slightly with a pullback in September, October, has uh, ca- has basically built what they call a five wave Elliott surge here. A five wave Elliott surge. No, no, say it ain't so, Johnny. And it's topped <laughs> off with the infamous. And I'm not talking what about the your heck mom's. Does that mean? Cup and handle. <laughs> Uh, burst in what is a five-wave alien surge? I mean, come on. Now It's, it's snowing in Jacksonville again. What yeah, does that mean, Johnny? Tra- what does it mean? I'm trying to appeal to the surfers out there. <laughs> yeah. So here's the situation with a five-wave Elliott move. <laughs> it generally means when a stock is either in an up or down trend, it generally what they refer to as zigs and zags, believe it or not, and that the actual trending zag, whether it's up or down, generally trends in five hey, ways. Hey, Rob, the financial anesthesiologist, I think you have a residency, you applicant over here. Five-hour yeah. energy, yeah. everyone's requesting five-hour energy. Does that mean the stock's going to go up or what? You, well, now you've got us completely befuddled, Jonathan. Well, after pumping up the uh, CMT, I had no choice but to just kind of throw that ambiguity out there. But I will say, taking a step back, in all reality, folks, um, the beauty of this is that the stock uh, is certainly uh, strong relative to the market right now. Uh, and if you look at even in 2015, which to date has been a little bleak, um, you know, the stock has actually done pretty well. Good. So obviously you're very high on Sun. That's one of our portfolios. One of, in one of our portfolios, one of many. We do like to diversify um, the, in order to manage the risk. But uh, we're quite excited uh, about the technical prospects for Sun. And now it's time, folks. Oh, no. Now it's time for that scariest time of the show when we look at those stocks. That may be a real danger to your financial fortitude. It's time for the howler. Uh, dare I say, dog Johnny, what's barking at us this week? And I hate to uh, hate to say this because I am a loyal subscriber. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Not Amazon again? No. Now I'm moving on to my other uh, my other uh, uh, binge, uh, Netflix. No pun intended again there as well. Now Netflix is still a, uh, a solid company. Uh, but we are talking about technicals when we talk about the howler. We're talking about the technicals here. Uh, Netflix hit a high. The technicals saying that you think it's going to go down, right, John? Yes. This, this, this dog is going down. Yes, yeah, so it looks like uh, we're having uh, Cousin Arnold Santa Claus. Away. <laughs> it looks like we're having a double, uh, a, a double top formation here that started in early 2014 in February. In <coughs> September, October, hit its peak. This stock has been above its 50-day moving average since late 2012. It, for the first time, dropped below in October and certainly has continued to submerge, finding that 50-day resistance. Almost think about gravity, folks. It just can't get above it. So, again, Netflix, if you own Netflix, maybe time to ring that register. It might be time to give you time to give you portfolio flea bath, folks. All right, so uh, that is the end of the investment focus segment. And, folks, again, I want to uh, let you know that we are here for you. Um, but just for some friendly advice, so if you'd like a detailed portfolio review, as is mentioned in some of the ads, we're very happy to help. Um, then you can reach us at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. And also, if you'd like to listen to these shows again or tell your friends about them, it's not a convenient time over the weekends. Uh, by all means, they are archived at wealthleader.com. That's wealthleader, is that right? Or is it wealthleader.org? i got to check that. Excuse me, I want to check with the technical staff, if you don't mind. All right, folks, uh, we are back. Sorry for the confusion. I had to check with our technical staff, but the uh, the correct address 
is wealthleader.org. That's wealthleader.org. Temporarily, as that site is being built, and it should be by the time this program airs, uh, there's a temporary address, which our anesthesiologist will now melodiously sing into the microphone. Close your eyes, ready. You're getting sleepy. You sure don't want to hear me sing, but it's wealthleader. W dot com. Say it again, Rob. Wealthleader.weebly.com. Now, who came up with Weebly is beyond me. It's a, it's a Weebly thing. Is that an algorithm of a voice? It's not a Weebly. No, oh, let's not okay. go there. So anyway, folks, that uh, we'd love to, to have you listen again, tell your friends about it, listen in the car at night, in the computer, whatever. You know, view us, hear us on your iPads, uh, but generally at wealthleader.com. Got to fly. We'll be back in a little bit to continue our planning point segment, uh, estate planning, uh, trust wills, and also the secrets, um, and they're pretty secretive, of how to cut uh, cut your property tax bill. See you in a couple seconds. Stand by uh, for more of the Wealth Leaders right here on Camarda's Wealth Education Radio. <laughs> 